0: Hey, I'm Nicole Ferraro, a contributing editor at Light Reading. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. This week on the show, we're talking with Omdia Principal Analyst James Crawshaw about the evolution of OSS. Omdia has a new report out about the OSS market, projecting that OSS will see 6.5% growth in 2021. James is here to talk more about what's driving that growth, what the evolution of OSS and the role the cloud is playing in that evolution means for the industry at large, and what's likely to happen next. James, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining.
1: Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here.
0: Great to have you. So what is the story with OSS? Can you give us a bit of background on the pandemic's impact on the market this year and why Omdia is projecting growth for OSS in 2021?
1: The market's down this year you know, in line with overall spending on telecom technology. You know, The, the industry itself, uh, the, the, you know, the revenues that the, the service providers generate, they're also in decline this year. Uh, and so everybody's sort of tightening their belts a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, there's still the, the 5G rollouts going ahead, uh, but you know, they have been slowed down somewhat. And a knock on impact of all of that is that, you know, OSS related investments have also been delayed, you know, they're not cancelled. You know these things just get pushed out a little bit, um, and hence the the decline. You know this year in revenues that we're expecting, but a bounce back next year because you know five G is going to happen. We're, we're all assuming that some sort of vaccine is created that that solves the the COVID nineteen problem, and we're all able to to get back to to life as normal. Uh, and uh, people are going to want to go around waving their mobile phones, you know, looking at cat videos. And so that's why we need 5G, so they can watch those cat videos super fast. And to support all of that, they need new um, operational support systems, whether it's service assurance, service fulfillment, to enable all of the, the wizzy magic, you know, the network slicing and things like that, that are going to enable new use cases, uh, hopefully tapping into new revenue streams from enterprise and industry, and, and as I say, you need, you need management systems at the top to sort of kind of make all that work.
0: Okay, gotcha. So it's really the, the uh, introduction of 5G that's helping to propel the market?
1: Right, yeah, that's the that's the mega theme, um, and it's it's driving you know the overall spending in the industry. There was also you know ongoing <laughs> maintenance, retiring of legacy systems, consolidation of systems. Mm-hmm. You know, telecom operators they do mergers and acquisitions, and then they end up with a whole spaghetti of different IT systems. And eventually, they say, look, this is just too painful and costly. Let's rationalize, and that alls you know. Often leads to a new a new system being deployed, which although it's you know it's a, they need to spend the money to get that new software up and running. It leads to lower operating costs longer term, and hence you know, pays for itself over a number of
0: years. Gotcha. Okay. So um, what role is the cloud playing in the evolution of OSS? And what would you say the investment in the OSS market for next year and going forward means for the telecom industry at large? What does it change? Uh, How does it alter the focus?
1: So cloud, yeah, everybody is uh, and has been talking about cloud for some time, Um, and it's all about hosting software in other people's servers, you know, boiling it down to the very bare basics of it, Um, and OSS are software systems that typically today are running in the telecom operators' own private data centers, Uh, and a lot of those will continue to to run in-house, but they are experimenting with using public cloud, um, perhaps for you know <laughs> certain applications like perhaps analytics for example so imagine you are a, an operator that's got um, a business in multiple countries around the world and you have some sort of central uh, IT and analytics team that's trying to come up with use cases and help solve business problems in all of those different countries around the world well you need a common place to to share data and to do the analytics, etc. And so that's a sort of a great example of where they might run that analytics and store data in public cloud. Other stuff, sort of back end processing, or, or stuff that talks to the network itself, and you know gets switches to um, switch on to enable a new customer. That's probably going to continue to run in the operator's uh, private data center. But um, but you know, newer things that come along could potentially uh, run in the cloud. And where where the action is at the moment uh, for telecom software is in. Uh, mobile core. So a, a lot mm. of the public cloud companies, AWS, Azure, et cetera, they've, they're all trying to get operators to use their systems, their platforms to run mobile core software. Um, not necessarily all of it, but perhaps a, a part of it, or perhaps um, mobile cores that are set up dedicated to a particular enterprise customer. Uh, and you know, that customer might only need it for a short space of time. So you don't want to go out and buy a whole load of servers to um, have that capacity in-house uh, if it's only a sort of short-term need, maybe a week, maybe a month, whatever, um, best to, to use public cloud. So the public cloud vendors, they've all got the capability to host mobile core applications. Some of them, even like Microsoft, has gone a, as far as to buy uh, mobile core software companies. I'm thinking here of Metaswitch and you know, Affirm Networks. Um, but others like AWS have simply gone out and, and poached the the brightest minds from the telecom industry uh, so that they can go and talk to the CTO office at the highest level and and understand exactly what the intricacies are of those mobile core applications and, and give them reassurance that they will work uh, in the uh, public clouds. Um, and so that's kind of where, you know, the action is already. I think we saw something recently from Telefonica Deutschland uh, talking about um, putting um, part of its mobile core for 5G in into, uh, into public cloud. Um, hmm. And that will drag through other software applications as well. So OSS, not necessarily, you know, makes a lot of sense to run a lot of it in, in public cloud today. certain things like if you've got a service assurance or a network monitoring application, if you've got a monitoring application that's monitoring mobile core and that's running in public cloud then clearly you want the monitoring solution to run in public cloud alongside it. so there that's where you could see OSS get dragged into public cloud with uh, mobile core being at the uh, very much at the at the bleeding edge.
0: Okay. Um, so looking ahead with uh, these projections in mind and everything else that you all found in your report, where do you see new partnerships, acquisitions, or other evolutions on the horizon for the OSS market and um, the telecom industry at large as a result?
1: Yeah, so so vendor MA was one of the themes that we wrote about in in the mm-hmm. recent uh, Omdia report about the OSS market landscape, and it was it was quite funny really. Basically, all of the acquisitions that that uh, I've noted in the OSS space over the last couple of years, bar one, I think, all of them were about uh, service fulfillment or orchestration vendors buying a service assurance vendor in order to have the the whole suite the whole uh, if you like the whole closed loop capabilities so this concept of closed loop is that mm-hmm. you're getting feedback from the network about how things are running if some if there's a problem then you you send out a new instruction to change something in the network you know, one switch isn't working fine let's send the traffic through a, you know a second switch of course these sort of Um, closed loops. They exist on multiple levels, multiple layers, if you like, within the telecom network. They exist down at the hardware level within a particular device or optical networks. that have got all sorts of built-in closed loop capabilities. But then what I'm talking about with an OSS lens is the management systems. So the, the service provisioning, the service fulfillment systems, they need to be synced up or even combined with a service assurance system to have this this full closed loop. The service assurance system is monitoring the network, detecting faults, detecting performance anomalies, sending that information to a brain, an orchestrator, who then sends out new instructions to reconfigure the network to uh, mitigate that problem. So a lot of vendors who had... um, these service orchestration solutions or fulfillment solutions have been um, spending not huge amounts, but they've been buying up um, niche service assurance companies in order to, to meet that need.
0: Got it. Okay, great. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about this today, James. I really appreciate it.
1: It's been a pleasure, Nicole. And uh, yeah, uh, until the next time.
0: Thank you so much, James Crawshaw, for taking the time to talk OSS with me today. You can find a link to Omdia's new OSS market report in the show notes for this episode. Thank you as well to our producer, Tian Fu, for making this episode. And thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share this episode with a colleague or friend, and subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. That's the story for now. We'll be back next week.